0: A New Testament scholar and a leadership coach. My goal on Leading and Learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Well, welcome back to Leading and Learning. This is episode number 142. The title of today's show is Does Your Church Have a Security Plan? And it's actually the start of it. We're going to do a few episodes talking about church security. And the reason for that is, you know, as a church consultant, as a pastoral coach, many of the leaders that I talk to, um, and even in my own church where I serve in a volunteer role as part of the pastoral team, uh, this is a waking concern in many pastors' minds and in many leaders' minds. And obviously, if you keep up with the news, you've seen some of the tragedies that have taken place over the last... Months and years where churches have been attacked, and you know so pastors are very very concerned and very very conscious about making sure their 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 flock is safe, and so that's what we're going to be talking about now. Before we dive in too deeply, I want to let you know that this episode of Leading and Learning is brought to you by my book, Miracles in Mark. We're we're at the end of a year. We're in the middle of two uh, middle of December. Uh, 2017, getting ready to go into 2018 as we record this episode. And you know, so many people this time of the year set a resolution for the following year that they're going to read their Bible more. Um, For people of faith, for Christians, this is something that's very important to them, wanting to read their Bible or study their Bible more. And so, um, you know, that's a great resolution. But my book, Miracles in Mark, will really, really help you. You know, for some people, the Bible's still a mystery. For some people, it's hard to understand. And so, um, I wrote Miracles in Mark to be used for individual and for group Bible study. Um, The chapters are pretty short. There's, uh, you know, we we go into each miracle that Jesus performed in the Gospel, but we also provide application on how you can uh, learn from that miracle and what you can apply in your own life. So, check it out, go to, put, click on the link in Amazon, it's available in paperback or as a Kindle book and you can, uh, when you click on the link you can read the first chapter or two for free and see if that's something you want to check out so go to Amazon, have a look order a copy you'll love it Alright, we're back talking about church security and you know when we think of church security and when i ask the question does your church have a security plan most people immediately think of the worst case scenario but you know this is broader than just thinking um of, of an active shooter coming in and shooting people and you know um shooting the place up an active shooter situation it's it's, it's much broader than that i want you to think about this Because these are situations that I've actually seen and been a part of, or they're situations where other pastors have said this happened in their church. Number one, an emotionally disturbed person becomes disruptive in the church service. Okay, I've seen that on a couple of occasions. I've had other pastors and leaders say it's happened in their church. How do you deal with it? Because, you know, you can just say, well, all my deacons will handle it. Well, that's great, but what's their plan? Does one deacon have uh, an idea in his mind of, of, of a way to handle it, and the other deacon have a, a, an idea in his mind for the way he's going to handle it? Um, again, do you have a plan for how you're going to deal with it? Um, there was a, <coughs> excuse me, a, a story a number of years ago. A pastor in Oklahoma um, had a prayer line. He was going down the line. People had come forward for prayer at the end of a service he was going down the line and praying for him and one of the parishioners drew back and punched the pastor in the face and of course the video went viral and you know but that's a terrible thing how do you deal with that situation again you may have you know one service team member wanting to deal with it one way and another service team member wanting to deal with it another way it's so much better if you have a plan that if this happens this is what we're going to do so number 1 is how do you handle somebody who becomes disruptive in church? And it sadly it does happen. Number two, what do you do during a situation where a husband and wife are going through a nasty divorce? You know, as pastors, we know that we're called upon to have to intervene in these situations. And, you know, we've in our church, and I've talked to other pastors, you know, where you have these situations where the 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 situation can become volatile even in church. Um, I know of a situation where a church, in a particular church, where a, a husband and wife were going through a divorce, and they got into a really nasty screaming match in the parking lot. Well, how are you going to deal with it? You say, well, we'll call the police. That's great. Just understand that it's going to take a while for the police to get there. So, you know, and what what happens if this becomes violent? What happens if he starts beating her, if she starts beating him? What do you do? Dealing with the domestic situations, what do you do um, in your children's ministry if the uh, estranged father shows up to take custody of his children, but the wife says that there's a court court order that says he can't do that? You know, that's things that most churches don't ever think about, but it's a very, very real possibility. We recently had a situation in our church where a, a girl in her twenties had been, <clears throat> excuse me, dealing with a a situation with uh, with her father. Um, this was an Indian family, a Hindu family, and she had become a Christian and was part of the church. And her father was trying to prevent her from coming. And so, you know, all these things come into play. But you know, it's one thing what people do in their own homes, but a lot of times it can carry over into the church and as leaders, how are we going to deal with it? Do we have a a, a team and do we have policy in place that's going to help us know how to make decisions? Another situation. Um, You know, or another reason we need a security plan. What about your parking lot? You know, when you've got people inside worshiping, uh, is somebody keeping an eye on the parking lot? We had a, a A big service a few years ago, um, special speaker, conference, the whole deal, had, you know, a couple hundred cars in the parking lot, and somebody came through, broke the window out, and stole some stuff out of a car. Now, you know, that was an isolated incident, and this person, you know, wasn't real smart for leaving their laptop laying on the back seat, but still, it happened. And so now we make sure that during the service, somebody goes and walks through the parking lot every you know, 15 or 20 minutes or so just to, to, to be a presence out there, just to be an extra set of eyes. So again, this is something we have to think about, but also we think about theft in the parking lot. But what about this? What about theft in other parts of the building? I know of churches that have had thefts take place during the service from their offices while the service is going on someone would slip around to where the offices are and would go through people's drawers and take petty cash or you know whatever they could find you know this is a terrible thing but again having a a plan in place maybe having some some people and it might be your deacons but training key people in your church creating a team of people that are going to be aware of, of you know certain situations that are going to be aware that these are the things that you want them to look out for, and maybe give, even giving them a little bit training, a little bit of training. Another thing, another reason you need to have a plan. What if you have a medical emergency? And you say, well, this doesn't really have anything to do with security. Maybe not. Um, we're actually in our in our church, our team's not even called a security team. We call them a safety team, because it's not about so much just security. It's about making sure everybody that's in church is safe. So what if you have a medical emergency during the church service or in your parking lot or in your lobby before church? How are you going to deal with that? Again, we can't just say, well, I'm going to call 911 and hope for the best. Well, that may take 5, 10, 15 minutes depending on where you live and where your church is at. Um, If you've got some people that have had some basic first aid training, I'm not talking about sending people to paramedic school, but somebody who's had some CPR training. Someone who knows how to establish an airway, someone who knows how to stop bleeding if somebody you know cuts themselves cuts themselves real bad. These are very important things, um, and it's listen. If we want to protect our people, and we've got somebody that's having a medical emergency, and we don't have anybody that has any first aid training, and that person dies, you know that's kind of on us if we we could have done something to prevent that. So it's something to think about. So, you know, one of the things that I encourage pastors is if you have a security team, if you have a safety team, give them some basic first aid training, spend some money, buy a good first aid kit, a good one. It's going to cost you a few hundred dollars, but buy a good one. Buy a, um, you know, one of the defibrillators that you can, you know, give, shock the heart back at, you know, back working again. These are about a thousand bucks or more. But, You know, what's the cost of one of your parishioners dying that you could have saved? So, a medical emergency. How would you handle, Pastor, if you had a fire break out during your service? What's your evacuation plan? You know, every man for himself? Well, what about the children's wing? Who's going to go save the children? I mean, if you've got hundreds and hundreds of parents fighting to get into where their children are, how are you going to deal with that? Um, if you live in maybe the Midwest where tornadoes are very common, what's your evacuation plan? Where are you going to go? How are you going to make sure your congregation is safe? And then of course, the worst case scenario, somebody who's violent, um, you know, whether it's a, a an emotionally disturbed person or whether it's a terrorist attack, but where someone comes in, um, and when I was in law enforcement, that we refer to these as active shooters. Someone who comes in armed, and their only purpose is to kill as many people as they can. How are you going to handle that? Um, do you have armed security in your church? You know, my guess, if, especially if you live in the South, there are probably people every Sunday in churches that are armed, which is fine. I mean, it's legal but how much better is it when everybody is on the same page if you know we've got we we have an idea in our church who has a permit to carry a firearm who's had training in using that firearm and then we we get together and we provide training judgmental training we tell them what the law says and then god forbid worst case scenario an active shooter comes in they're going to be much more Uh, prepared to deal with that situation. Um, You know, some of the church shootings we've seen, some of the other uh, tragic uh, mass shootings we've seen could have probably been stopped a whole lot sooner if someone had been on the scene who had a firearm and knew how to use it. Now, if you say, well, listen, I don't trust anybody in my church to carry a gun. Well, that's fine. Then what you may consider doing is hiring an off-duty police officer to be security. Um I've helped many many churches. Um you know, especially when I was with the police department. This was something that we did to um uh you know, hire hire out these police officers to come in and provide security and also do traffic uh control for a lot of the larger churches in the area. And so we would sit down, we would develop a traffic plan, but we would also have a security plan for these churches. And having uh you know, it's not cheap. To hire an off-duty police officer, but there you've got somebody who's trained, who's armed, and who's going to protect um, your church. Now, that's great. Um, I I'm a I'm a big proponent, though, of raising up people from within. And, you know, listen, if you're a pastor, this can be a little bit unnerving when you start thinking about creating a security team or a safety team of people in your congregation who are carrying guns. But what's the cost of not doing it, you know, in the worst case scenario? And you say, well, look, man, my church is way out in the middle of nowhere. Nothing's ever going to happen. Look, the church that was attacked in Texas is out in the middle of nowhere. And, you know, many, many people died um, at that church. So it can happen anywhere. So as we get into this series of um, you know, Hopefully we'll be able to answer your questions If if you've got questions I want you to feel free to contact me We'll deal with those questions um, You can reach out to me at david at davidspell.com Or uh, go to davidspell.com And just leave a comment in the comment section for today's post um, While you're there, while you're at my website Make sure you sign up to get my free newsletter um, I send out three blog posts a week And it's a great way for us to stay in touch but, uh, but like I say, if this is a, a, a subject that interests you and um, you want to make sure I deal with your question, shoot me an email or a, a message or a comment on the, the comment section, and uh, you know, we will be happy to deal with your question. Well, friends, thanks for being with us. I think this is going to be a good series on church security, and I look forward to seeing you next time on Leading and Learning.